1: Well, greetings one and all, and uh, this is the very very first podcast of the year 2024 for the TWBC Podcast. I am Tony Lightfoot, and uh, glad to have you on board. Now, for, uh, for a first podcast episode, I'm sure some of you are wondering... Who does Tony have for a big old guest to uh, to get uh, to get the ski season up and running in the northern hemisphere? Who could he uh, bring on board to uh, to basically light the fire under the season? Well, uh, I have uh, just the uh, the person, uh, the new executive director of USA Water Ski and Wake Sports. He is Kevin Michael. How are you doing, sir?
2: Oh man. Doing great, especially hearing this voice in my ears. You've been around for a long time, and you're a legend in this space, so it's a absolute
1: honor to be here oh you flatter me too much sir but uh, but let but let, let's get let's let's dig straight into the weed in, in let's go deep into the weeds a little bit so uh who is kevin michael so uh so basically kind of introduce yourself to the good folks out there uh give us a give us a little cliff notes as to what your experience uh is uh in terms of water sports and uh, and and skiing and all of that kind of stuff uh because i understand that uh that once upon a long ago you were uh, an active uh competitive uh, three event skier is that right
2: yes sir um yeah my name is kevin michael i grew up in wisconsin um i'm on a nickname basis with a lot of the industry and athletes as kevco and yeah grew up in wisconsin we had the aquanaut water ski show team right down the road they were national champions so you know how important is vicinity to the entry points of our existence in this thing. So start out show skiing, but my friend had a Supra, that really cool comp TS6M back in the day with the drop down nose, uh, sports car looking ski boat. And oh
1: yeah, that's that yeah, Supra from yeah. way back in the late eighties. Oh my word, that's going <laughs> yeah. back a bit, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we had to take it to promotional events um, to get the deal he was getting. And one of those was in Decatur, Illinois. And I was just getting um, into competitive trick skiing and slalom course and jumping and freddie krueger and i were both 15 years old at the time and we were both landing flips on our trick ski and... oh
1: you name dropper you name yeah. dropper
2: you're gonna <laughs> drop a name drop a big one right absolutely uh, but you know that was my honestly that was my first three of a experience you know and he was 15 so he was just a up-and-coming guy and i remember we were landing our our flips on the trick poorly, you know, the butt dunk stand up and everything, but I knew he was gonna be something just by watching him and the tension that was around him and then you know, fast forward I skied at SeaWorld for many years, skied around the world in different ski shows. The show ski world was huge in the nineties. So that's, many that, opportunities. They're,
1: that's the Sea World that's in Orlando rather than the one that's in San Antonio, just to make sure that the uh, that uh, people get the difference. Yeah,
2: I was I did both. There were four SeaWorlds in the States at the time. And then there were probably 12 to 15 different professional outlets and places that you could go become a professional show skier. And that that was life, man. But, uh, you know, I had an injury and I had a degree in communications, So my um, boss and manager at SeaWorld, Tom Weber, um, looped me into world publications, which might ring a bell to some of you folks because they were the publishers of Water Ski Magazine wakeboarding magazine a bunch of cool water sports enthusiast titles and my first job with them was testing boats for the water ski magazine boat buyers guide so todd rister selly got a start that Mm -hmm. same year uh him and i ended up working next to each other for 13 years uh he hired ronnie barton and chris sullivan you know to come in and help on editorial at the magazine and there was a huge you know magazines were a big deal then this is before social media so the internet was just getting hot, and we were trying to keep up with that, but there yeah. no social media yeah, because because so, way, cause way
1: back in those days, people were like manually creating pages and not having like a, a content management system in the background that could <laughs> update all that information. so it was like steam driven news on your screen type deal
2: yeah, totally, but it was just an exciting time you know you never knew who would walk in. It'd be Chris Parrish one day you know andy mapple roll through and you know i i grew up idolizing those heroes you know the sammy duvall's and camille and dina and like that i knew at an early age you know as a beginner somehow i knew in my head that i wanted to become a professional water skier and i don't know why but i was talking about this yesterday it's like when you love something so much and can't get enough of it there's just something that you just know you're going to Do this for the rest of your life. And I had no doubt about that from a young age. And uh, here we are many, many years later with, you know, the most exciting opportunity and moment that, you know, our sport has seen.
1: All right, our paths may have actually crossed at some stage. You, I mean, you mentioned Tom Weber, and I meant, and uh, and I knew him from way way back in the day uh, when I did uh, the uh, the Water Ski Pro Tour. Actually, announced the entire season in nineteen ninety seven. I don't know whether you uh, were you yeah. were you in place right then. You know, I remembered going to going to spots such as Hartford, Connecticut, and Portland, Oregon, and all, and all of those far flung uh, loca- locales. You know, so so it was a it was a really good good time to be involved in the sport I mean at least from my point of view being an announcer uh, type do but fast forward to now and we live in in a different different space different day and age you know where our sport is let, let, let's be honest I mean it's suffering and we and we need and certainly an injection uh from uh, fr- from from instance, select few people to kind of raise the profile back up again and and it seems to me that uh, that you are one of those uh, those folks that could well be uh, in entrusted with the task of of doing that you know going forwards
2: Absolutely I'll be clear in no uncertain terms that's the job description and that's my goal we've all seen what water skiing did in the late eighties to early nineties. I rode that wave again with wakeboarding, um, major, major worldwide attention on a global scale events like the X games. We know what that looks like and we know what that feels like. And so, you know, then the question is, how are you going to do it? Well, I come from an enthusiast standpoint and I come from a approach of fun, you know, our sports slaloming in particular, is very, um, a lot of visualization, a lot of, you know, sports psychology, and there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. Um, but my approach has always been when I show up on site, all that work's been done in the past. Like how many times have we turned a buoy or how many times have we launched off a ramp? It's muscle memory at that point. So I really like to inject some fun and, you know, an interesting point too, Tony is think about competition, if you're the competitor, this is a competition, right? To everyone else, everyone else, it's entertainment. So if you're watching TWBC or anything else, it's entertainment. So I want to make sure that we bring a sense of levity to this and that, and that's you know, taking the weight out of heavy situations. You know, I think Wade Cox is really good at that. Parks Boniface, the master, and it really helps if, if the athletes can focus on that. And I can help shape their image and their lifestyle. That's what draws kids in to say, "Oh, you know what? I'm kind of sick of these team sports. You know, I'm I'm getting forced to do this and that, and the coach is kind of riding me hard." And when you grab the handle and get out on the water, man, it's an escape. Like, you can really escape. And there's there is a huge competitive element to what we do. It's. we're a membership-based organization based on the events that we host which are 70 in the u.s uh, this year so there is that element to it but if you're asking me to market the sport and grow the sport the media guy in me is going to create a story team usa is a great story even though it's an individual endeavor team usa is something i you know it's a hook and it's a part of something bigger and there's people that have spent decades of their life in this thing i'm one of them you're one of them and you know they're desperate for the next step there's a, been a slight decline for a long time um in these activities and people are sick of it and they're revolting and so we're kicking off a water ski revolution full bore i'm getting on the water as much as i can every weekend i'm going to be skiing with someone different. Um, yeah, my, the first week at this job was very interesting, and I've already had some incredible uh, experiences on the water.
1: Certainly, I mean, you mentioned the whole Team, team USA aspect, and whenever you think of Team USA, so, so to speak, the three people that come to my mind, and I have no association with ice hockey whatsoever, but I mean, you're talking about Herb Brooks and Jim Craig and uh, uh, Micah Ruzioni and those folks. And for those folks that are listening from outside the United States, these were the backbone people behind uh, the Miracle on Ice in 1980. So, so if 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 you if you kind of have that vision in mind, how do you kind of work that into the equation when it when it comes to to making making people get behind the sport from uh, from a nationalistic uh, type type scenario
2: Yeah and let's be clear water skiing is not likely to become an Olympic sport. There's a lot of mixed perceptions about our involvement with the. US Olympic Committee and you know there's a motor involved. Just like you're never going to see NASCAR in the Olympics, you're never going to see motocross. You know, we, we, that's a big barrier. Always has been for us. However, being on the committee, we are in the auspices of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Auspices is kind of a fun word for in their view. It's it's, it's we're in their view.
1: It's used by the IWWF a lot, so uh, so I'll forgive yeah, you for cool, that.
2: Cool. Yeah, my fun <laughs> word of the week. But uh, you know, there's multiple benefits that are infinitely expansive as far as opportunities for our elite athletes and otherwise Um, our top athletes are getting health insurance and this isn't your you know marketplace government health insurance this is olympic health insurance which allows you to attend uh, one of three national training centers Uh, there's sports medicine uh, pharmacy benefits and all kinds of like sports psychology and I'm on call after call with these these guys for onboarding, and I'm blown away at the benefits of being involved with this group. Even if we never make it to the Olympics,
1: uh, is it, is it anything close to what uh, and and uh, and uh, try and beat? Uh... beat beat the living snot out of this but uh someone someone like jamie ball for example or dorian llewellyn uh you know they they've won world titles you know i mean you could go back to 2021 and both jamie ball and dorian llewellyn won individual titles and they got uh carded which which basically is 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 essentially sponsored from a government level uh you know to continue to train and to get better and what have you and get and have access to uh canadian national facilities and what have you and basically get get paid to do what they do you know so is it, is it anything close to that or is it kind of you know just uh ju- ju- just the insurance and the centers
2: yeah and i i would like you know to request some time uh to get up to speed on all these details um, but what I can tell you is that, you know, there's I think five or six athletes that are on this program. And, you know, we, we don't want to be myopic to just the heroes and the elites. Um, this is bigger and it's, you know, 14,000 members and, and going to be growing. Um, so, you know, give me some time to see what really we can offer, but I have a ton of experience, uh, managing professional athletes on a large scale. And, you know, there's a lot of athletes that, Either they just focus on their craft, that's great, that's ideal, or maybe they work in the industry too, maybe they work for their sponsors, or maybe, you know, a different type of athlete who shows up at the tournaments, but has to go work in finance all week, nine to five, and it's just their outlet. So I'm looking to create opportunities for those top tier and second tier athletes where, you know maybe it's social media they can help out with and we can help fund that. And that's what keeps them from having to go get a real job. I want to create opportunities <laughs> for these elite athletes and really, because if you're in your mid, you know, lower twenties, mid twenties, whatever, you will never get these years back again. I can speak <laughs> for experience as much as I've tried uh, to, you know, ski at that level. It It's a window of your life that you're never going to get back. And I want to do everything I can my experience uh, with the manufacturers at WSIA is a big part of why I'm here, and my relationships with them. And I I got to live the dream, Tony, um, with a lot of opportunity, and just focus on water skiing. And I it really warms uh, my heart to be able to facilitate that for today's athletes.
1: All right, then. Okay you've you've just you've just provided an absolutely f- wonderful wonderful segue uh, i i i can tell you are the right guy for this job you know a beautiful segue to your past role uh, probably one of your more recent roles as uh, as one of the folks uh, at WSIA now for those of you that are not uh, they're not very close to the industry this is the industry body this is basically the body that will that will go to Washington DC and that will lobby for the interest of the water sports uh, industry uh, uh, the acronym is water sports industry association and kind of kind of give us a little bit of a uh, of kind of like an inside Hollywood uh, type deal as to what that organization is about and uh, and kind of what you did for them and and how that uh, helps uh, with what you are undertaking now? Sure,
2: yeah. WSIA is a nonprofit trade association. So it's for all the businesses in our world. And it started out as kind of a Tobo group, and equipment group, and we grew it big time. Um, with the help of Larry Maddock, who came before me. A lot of you know him as the director of the Masters and 27 years at Nautique. And, uh, you know, we took it to the next level by involving every single boat dealer in America, every single cable park, camp and school. So we went from 250 business members to 450 in a a matter of five years. And what I did there was reshape their mission. Um, They didn't really have a, a defined you know, current mission and, you know, being a promoter and an ambassador that I am, I changed the mission to promote and protect because wake surfing has a ton of problems on lakes uh, just with, you know, the waves, the wave action and the loud music and all that, that we don't have to get into. I'm sure, you know, water skiers are well aware of what, what that looks like, yeah. Because and so,
1: yeah. You mentioned that a little, a little bit, and 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 as you're and as you're going through that, uh, I was like saying, please mention mention something about uh, about what's going on in Congress and on a national yeah. legislative level. You know that that not only has a profound effect upon the actual activity that is uh, uh, that is being eyed on but it also has an has an, an a trickle down effect to what what pe what other activities do on that same lake and even though it may not have in, they don't may not be throw big uh big wake surf wakes you know they they'll they'll uh they'll legislate against one and uh and mean it for for it to be everyone so before you know it you know people enjoying the lake skiing at 36 miles an hour. You, you, you're you're you you're gonna have to go back out in the lake and do what you don't do what you do at ten mile an hour.
2: Yeah, exactly. And um, a big part of this was my board seat that I held on the NMMA National Marine Manufacturers Association. This is all the big boat manufacturers. They run the Miami Boat Show, which is the Super Bowl.
1: And that nice shows. big sticker that you have on the inside of your boat with the capacity—that's those exactly, guys.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And a bunch of other things, but they would line me up with meetings in Washington, D.C. I was shaking hands with Val Demings, Marco Rubio. I was in Senator Bill Nelson's office. We were sharing stories about mutual friends we have. And that was an amazing experience, Tony. It was, uh, you know, you suit up and you go in and you lobby for whatever the current, you know, issues are in boating. We lobbied for ethanol-free gasoline because it's better for boats, mm-hmm. and the marine engine components, and next thing you know, man, here I am next year in Florida following year, you see a blue tag. It says boat gas here. I'm like, wow. Wow. I was walking around with materials, talking to members of Congress about this and it happened. So me, I was promoting, you know, clean water. How important is clean water to our activities and how, how big is the threat of, you know, polluted dirty water. So, you know, that's a tough subject um you know uh life jacket use all those types of things
1: and providing space for the potential for cable parks and that kind of stuff as well you know i mean uh, i mean I, I, I guess there are there are folks there that uh don't don't particularly like the prospect of having these great big steel towers you know on on all four corners of, of, of their yeah, lake even a, even though yeah. it might actually have a a better uh, uh you know, in terms of environmental, you know, a, a, far, a far lesser impact than maybe the boats, but you know, it, I mean, that's that's what you kind of lobby, uh, lob lobby in terms of the Washington D.C. to going up all the way to D.C. to to argue these facts, and uh, you know, so uh, give give us, give us an, an example. I mean, you I mean you mentioned about. F uh, about ethanol, uh, and fuels and that kind of stuff, kind of what was, uh, what were, uh, maybe one or two of the other hot button topics that, that uh, <laughs> that are there, uh, being discussed. Well,
2: I, I, some will remain private. You know, I, I used to, uh, at that job, I kept the industry's biggest secrets and we, together we solved the industry's biggest problems. Oh. Um, you know, immigration and labor was a big issue at the factories at the Bow factories. Okay. And, you know, I saw a woman stand up in front of all men at this NMMA board meeting and in DC and say, listen, if you guys want good help, you're going to have to pay for it and you're going to have to raise your, you know, wages and all this stuff. And the whole room went, Whoa, you know, it was very powerful. Yes. Was just, you know, some, some, Letters written and some, you know, a lot of a lot of what happens there too is in the hallways and at the social hours. You know, it's invaluable.
1: Indeed, indeed. I mean, I means I means something like that. I mean, I mean wouldn't wouldn't automatically come up on the radar, but then suddenly, whoo, hello, hello. We, we're we're <laughs> we're uh, we're we're discussing something else entirely here. I mean, because like what the water sports, you know, no. You know, kind of touches upon a lot of a, a lot of things, you know, like labor laws, immigration, uh um environmental materials, that 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 kind of stuff, what you can exactly. put into the boat, what you what you can't put into the boat and what have you. So, so, I mean, it, it touches upon a lot of things. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh Let's let let's carry on a little bit, uh, because and we we spoke a little bit before as I hit the record button on this podcast, and I had this down on my list of questions, and that was one of the very first questions uh, that you had on the list. What was your first week like?
2: Oh man, it was heavy. It was you know the culmination of three months that I'd put into this thing and the interview process. I went all in. I knew I had the experience, and I knew I was a good match, but there's a lot of plate spinning. We have nine sport disciplines and a lot of groups. Um, AWSA, they've been around. They're the founding pillar. The Water Skier Magazine started in 1951. It's the greatest um, documented history of water skiing in the United States, and it's hilarious. If you go back and read the, the early issues, it's just riveting content. Um, but, you know, it I, this was something I did not take lightly. Um, the sport itself and my approach to the activity is definitely fun and lighthearted and having a good time. But, you know, this is a big responsibility. I'm very aware of that. And, uh, you know, uh, my first week was just a lot of calls with the U S Olympic committee and what on top of my first day on the job, I get a call from Regina Jaquist. <laughs> and, you know, I, I knew her because I used to work at Malibu and I'd write a press release about her breaking her world record on the new TXI. And then, Couple of months later I'd write a another article about her breaking another record by the TXI and you know that so I had never really hung out with her though. Um we just weren't on the same photo shoots and it was just kind of over the phone and interviews and writing articles and creating content. But she called me on the first day and um, you know, I I answered and she's like, you know, Kevco, congratulations, you know, this is awesome. She's just, you know, you guys all know her demeanor. Yeah. how great it is she's just a, a ray of light man and uh she's like so i'm coming to orlando and you know i'm going skiing i'm getting ready for moomba and you should come out and i was like heck yeah you know like let's do this so you know that was my first saturday i went out and met her she was skiing with kiwi out there at fluid his son uh jaden was out there ripping and you know she. She kind of said, "Oh, you?" I said, "I'll get some clips, you know, for social media." And she's like, "Okay, you want to hop in the boat?" And I said, "No, like I brought. I, I want to get in the water, you know." And they're like, "Oh, it's it's pretty chilly." I'm got my full suit, so I went in and got water level. Um, I'm a photog- I'm a third generation photographer and video producer, and bit, been around media my whole life. And I really want to put a new look and just creative effort into everything that comes out of USA. And so I got in the water and I did some slow-mo clips of her rounding buoys and put a cool song to it. It's on our Instagram account under re- in our reels. And it's just uh-huh. Gina lo- locking in on Moomba. And, you know, there's a big storyline for us. I'm looking for storylines. Moomba is the one title that has eluded her. Uh, she's won it in tricks before. Yeah. But never. it's probably the only title she doesn't have out of the majors. And um, I mean in so recent
1: we're... I mean in recent years I mean Regina hasn't really availed herself to actually go to Moomba in a, on a number of occasions since the time that she that that she won tricks but now this year uh I'll, I, I don't know what the circumstances are that uh, that has uh, allowed uh, Re- Regina to kind of uh, take a little bit of break from her pharmacy work in uh, in the Panhandle, of Florida, and uh, go on to the uh, uh, to the late fall uh, sunny climes of uh, southern Australia.
2: Yeah, totally. So we're we're rallying behind her and all our other Team USA athletes, and it's going to be an exciting Moomba this year.
1: Absolutely, it's going to be an intriguing one. You mentioned that you'd be, that you'd uh, worked worked for Malibu. Uh, how how long was that?
2: Twenty twelve through twenty sixteen, I came on. Um, Lonnie Farmer was there at the time, and she hired me to write press releases. And they came out with a new TXI uh, country music star, Jake Owen, what had a number one signal on the country music charts, Barefoot Blue Jean Night, and he was wakeboarding behind a Malibu in the video. And then they launched Surfgate, which uh, is delayed convergence technology that Malibu had proprietary. And they were first to market with it. Mm -hmm. And Lonnie was kind of asking me, like, do you have enough to to write about? Like, are you kidding me? Like, Regina said, world records like, this is right in itself. This is a media guy's dream. Um, But I ended up being there for four years and I worked closely with Jack Springer, who was their CEO And, um, you know, I wrote his quotes and helped him, his CEO image, uh, worked on site for all the big Malibu events. I got to know Dennis Kelly really well. What a guy, man. And, uh, you know, just, it it was when media was becoming big. Malibu didn't have an Instagram at the time. So we, with Bryant Thomas, uh, helped secure Malibu boats on Instagram and their Facebook page was just a friend's page
3: Mm -hmm. for Malibu
2: boats. So we turned it into a business page and there's a lot of A lot of things I was able to do there. And, you know, again, riding away, this company went public during that time, a publicly traded company on the U.S. Stock Exchange. And, you know, it was just uh, I really got to experience what it's like for a boat company to really, really accelerate in growth and revenue. And, you know, that was a tremendous experience.
1: Yes, uh, you, you kind of you, you kind of uh, outline the details of uh, of Ma- Malibu when the times were good, but unfortunately. In, in the la- in, in the last few weeks, and I'm glad you mentioned Dennis Kelly. I mean, uh, unfo- let's un- get into it. Unfortunately, fa- yeah. Thank you. Fa- thank you for opening the taps on that one. Uh, Dennis Kelly, who after an uh, over 30 years being involved in the Mal- in the Malibu promo program, was let go recently, and uh, there were uh, there were mutterings uh, being being said that is this the end of the of the tournament water ski boat from malibu but we've received assurance from the marketing person there at malibu that they will continue to produce uh the uh the, the txi that uh that uh that press release came out about a week or so ago but uh, uh ov- obviously you know you know uh, uh malibu boats and uh, what their uh uh, what their deal is over the last few years. But, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a, uh, a few thoughts, uh, in your mind about that, uh, uh, going forward at this time.
2: Okay. Yes. And there was a lot of speculation around DK's departure and it was a bummer for us all. I mean, 30 years he spent, um, anyone that spent time around him knows he's great and, you know, great sense of humor and just a passionate soul. Um, so, It sparked a lot of speculation and a lot of rumors. And I get that it happens, but we got to be careful. Um, And, you know, I'm a communications specialist, and you got to stick with the facts in these situations because no one sitting at their computer on their home lake knows what's really going on at Malibu Internals. And this was uh, during, uh, I think there were nine other layoffs at the time. Malibu just experienced their worst quarter in a long time. Their production and sales uh, were down, I believe it was 35% in 2023 compared to 2022. And this is overall, you know, and the, the TXI is only a small part of that. I don't want to say how many numbers, but a lot of us know the numbers and they're not great. Um, and yeah, you know, there's a whole side of that coin that, oh, they're so expensive now. And a lot of us skiers have been around and have spent less on new boats and now they're so expensive. So I get that. Um so, you know, ODK's oh, gone. That must mean the, the promo pro- program's gone. Well, it's not. I have a statement from Malibu uh, that says they will continue the promotional program as well as the service uh, from the dealers on that level. Um, the Malibu Open is uh, maybe something that that will be lost. However, you know, I've been in talks with Regina and, you know, I don't want to speak too much about that. But uh, there's going to be something happening this summer to make up for that. We have a great facility out here where I'm sitting right now at the Auburndale Sports Complex, uh, Lake Myrtle Sports Complex. Uh, visit Central Florida is pumping in you know, a bunch of support to get people to visit the water ski capital of the world. And we have a great ski lake out here with a brand new jump. And John Travers is coming out in a couple of weeks to install the slalom course. Will Bush helped design uh, this lake. And it's beautiful. And there's a camp Margaritaville uh, (laughs) right on the lake with a ton of high-end RV slips and cabin rentals. And, you know, it's just a dream out here. So we're going to do everything we can uh, to make up for the Malibu Open. And as far as production of the TXI, I I know who to talk to about that type of stuff. And you talk to the engineers because they're the ones that know what's in the production line and what they're planning for in the future Mm -hmm. of the production line. And um, they are continuing production of the TXI into the foreseeable future, which, you know, we can gather to me means 2025. Now, Uh the bigger problem, Tony, is that these boats aren't selling the way they need to. And furthermore, the company doesn't make the margins that they do off a $350,000 24-foot you know, wake boat. They're they're selling fiberglass and big engine at that point. You know, and I I don't hate on the margins and I don't hate on the price because there's people out there that will spend that money and we need to embrace the affluent customer base. And if you want a cheaper boat, you start out on the used market. Yeah. You know, the used market is great. And boats in America right now, the used market, you can get a killer Malibu response from like whatever, 2010 and get a great deal on it. And go out and rip you know so there it does it doesn't impede access or inhibit access to the sport like i hear a lot of professionals in their twilight where it's wakeboarders skiers oh man they're they're keeping new people from getting in the sport and i don't believe that to be true like when the when the industry's making money their marketing budget's bigger their sponsorship dollars are more mm-hmm. and there's more events and so so we don't want to hate on the industry making fun like that's a good thing Um, And you can choose what what kind of products you want, whether it's a used boat, you know. And unfortunately, a lot of people think that the used boats are enough. And some of the bells and whistles on the new boats are too much. A lot of people have been on boats their whole life, want everything they need and nothing that they don't. And, you know, maybe there's too many bells and whistles and we can talk about like the sport boats and like boats that, that aren't necessarily world record capable, but are still recreational water ski boats.
1: That sounds like the slogan for like the Nissan Xterra all the way back in the day. Everything everything you need, nothing everything you need and nothing you don't, you know. But uh, sure. but I mean, yeah, but I mean, you touched upon the used boat market, you know, and it's uh, it's 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 a pretty good market from from what I'm able to tell, you know, and a a lot a lot of people you know, they ski competitively. I mean, they want the latest and greatest. You know, but I mean, you can you can get a you can get a really really good Malibu or a Mastercraft or or even like a Nautique 200 from way back in the day and in, install, in you know, uh, the latest firmware for Zero off, You know, and eat, and if you really want to go in deep on this one put put a shore path in there you know a shore path system mm-hmm. you know to to re- to really help out uh with uh with the people that kind of struggle a little bit uh driving wise you know and you've and you've got and you've got yourself a great setup there
2: yeah man i i saw a uh, shore path i got to ski with cory vaughn as well he was in orlando and i got to ski with him in absolutely glass conditions out in winter garden and you know, then I've been, I've been spending a lot of time out at Travers, man. I, I went and visited them and this is while I was still interviewing and they sat down, man, the whole family took time off from what they were doing. They had a packed, uh, ski school happening in rotation. And, you know, Jack and Leilani came up and Chris Travers and John Travers, uh, my friend, George Hartman helped, uh, broker this meeting and, We talked, I had planned on maybe 30, 45 minutes. We probably sat up there for an hour and a half and just to see the look in their eyes about, you know, yeah, their business is okay, but how can we grow this thing? And, you know, this is a family that believes water skiing. I mean, JT, John is just like, he's a, he's a guru and he knows everything about the course, everything about the jump. Um, He knows everything about everything. And, these are the people that get me excited and, you know, it's a beautiful course. You were there for the world. I'm sure oh, all yeah. the listeners were there for the world. Um, what an iconic, uh, facility that we have there. And like, again, you know, visit central Florida, the hotbed, this is the Hollywood. Um, and I want to make sure whether it's myself or anyone on our staff or membership, we're ambassadors, uh, for this region. And we just want to welcome everyone to come down and train and have a good time, especially if it's cold in your area. Um, Central Florida is as hot as it's ever been as far as the talent goes and just excitement. And I've been living this for 25 years now and it never gets old, man.
1: All right, so uh, a a lot of a lot of the responses that you've given so far, so far as the facilities go, you know the the U- USA Moore Ski facility over in uh, or, uh the uh, the ski fluid and what have you, you know uh, Jack Travers's site, all great sites, you know uh, one one could one could almost label the accusation that uh, that that maybe that maybe the sport, you know, for uh, for for better or worse, is is very very Florida centric, you know, such, such as, such as where, where the, uh, the talent lies and where the, uh, uh where, where people get to train, where it's, the, the USA water ski represents the entire nation, you know, I mean, there are some, there, there are great sites out there, you know, out in, out in California, all the way up to Montana, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm interviewing you from, from Tri Lakes, which is the home of Bennett's water ski school in Zachary, Louisiana, big shout out to to the, to the folks there, you know, so I mean, how, how is it, how, how important is it for you to kind of grow the sport? Not only from, from the from the locale of Central Florida, the Sunshine State, but what about the the Bayou State and the uh, you know and the Golden State and everywhere in between? Of
2: course, great question. Our major focus, um, you know, for three months before I had this job, I listened. Uh, I operate at the wishes of the board of directors. So when it comes to growth, I was hearing a lot of things. And once you hear the same thing from three, four, five different sources? Maybe everybody you talk to. Um, They all point to the collegiate, Um, you know, the collegiate group of ours, the sport discipline, uh, very strong leadership. Christy Kingsmill, Jeff Surday from way back. And uh, there's about a thousand members in that group right now out of our 14,000. And just for reference, uh, there's 6,500 in AWSA. So um, 8,000 total three eventers are in our members. So that means they're active uh in competition and so the collegiate they're in every region anywhere that can get anywhere that can get on the water has potential to start a collegiate water ski team and if you haven't seen this you said you're at bennett's right now yeah uh, rob hazelwood produced a video that got me more excited than maybe anything i was looking into i was basically an outside consultant um for the last three months they wanted me to look at all the systems and analyze them and come up with a marketing plan. And allowed to talk to members of the board. They just wanted to keep that separate during the interview process, which is great. Mm-hmm. Bob Chambo is our president at the volunteer position. He's a hero. Like all the time he puts in, with Doug Robbins as the chair. Um, those guys and the interview panel, hats off to them. Um, incredible group of volunteers, but collegiate. So watch the video. It's on Syndicate. Yeah. Um, HO's YouTube. Uh, welcome to the Jungle is the thumbnail, and they've created a festival atmosphere mm-hmm. for these college students. And my daughter's in the live music industry, works all the big music festivals, and a lot of the college students are frugal. And even if they, they graduate in general, they're frugal as, as you know, they're not going to buy a new car. They're going to buy a used car. They're not going to buy a home right now because the rates are bad, so they'll rent. And the, But when it comes to experiences, man, they throw down. So if it's a music festival or an experience, they, they are, you know, they open up their wallets and, you know, we want to provide those types of like fun summer into fall memories. And I think Rob Hazelwood did a great job encapsulating that. The video is eight minutes long. You know, there's a crash reel and everything. And that atmosphere is something that I want to really promote and just, you know, facilitate. And that's where our growth is going to come from
1: is 8 minutes long enough to try and encapsulate all, all all of that i mean i mean i watched the video and i watched it watched it at least 2 3 times you know i'm a, i'm a bit i'm a big big uh, supporter of what of what rob hayeswood uh, does you know even though i'm from the south of england he's from the midlands and the north of england you know so there's there's that there's that there's that there's that, that that kind of regional rivalry going on there but uh like i said you know i mean I mean for me personally Expressing my personal opinion, eight minutes just felt felt short. You know, as as far as that goes, do you do you did you did you feel that it was short, or was it designed to be short? You know, so you come away from watching it wanting more.
2: Well, you know, there's our opinion, and then there's the internet's opinion, and the younger generation's opinion that eight minutes is way too long for anything because their t- attention spans don't last that attention spans might not last 30 seconds. You know, you see what's going on on TikTok, it's just overload. So there's a place for all of that. What you're talking about is what I'm familiar with as a as a long format TV show, a show that's made for TV. I commented on the Pro Wakeboard Tour this year with Parks Bonifay and we had a hoot. That guy is just so classic. But we do uh, made for TV shows during the event. So it appears like it's live but it airs on fuel TV and it, there's commercials involved and it's like a 22 minute deal. And then you have your dockside commentator and your analysts and kind of on the lakeside studio. And I would definitely be interested in helping out and getting, you know, the right people in place to produce uh, those types of longer format episodes at our events.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you, uh, I mean, I think you mentioned uh, that you had a marketing company, or you, or you still or do. You still operate it, or has your uh, uh, has your uh, involvement as being an executive director meant that you had to sun sunset that uh, that endeavor?
2: I um, absolutely sunsetted all everything that I was involved in. I started an apparel brand called the Lake Lovers Club um, with my good friend Dano the Mano. Mm -hmm. Um, and his girlfriend Jane, you know, for Lake lovers and, you know, I'm just a silent, uh, partner at this point. I'm not hands on at all. Kevco media. Um, yeah, I had a comeback last year. I did a lot of live events and TV work and stuff like that. But Tony, I'm going all in on this thing. Um, water skiing needs it. And I, I'm putting in 24 seven. This is all I can think about, um, in a good way. I just ideas are always flying in or phone calls I can make or people I can get involved and they're going to get everything from me and we're going full bore, man, full throttle. Um, you know, this is the water ski
1: revolution. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, yeah, you met, you mentioned uh, a couple of folks there that uh, are that quite recognizable within the water sports world and what have you. And they've seemed to have aligned themselves more with the, the world wakeboard association, the WWA and you, and I mean, give, kind of kind of give us a little bit of of an indication as to as to as to what the relationship is between WWA and USA Water, Water, Water Ski, you know? Because I mean, they haven't seen eye to eye an awful lot in 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 recent years, or even going back into the distant past.
2: Sure, and you know, you might know more about that than me. Um, I was, you know, I worked as a contractor for. Whew, 20 25 years for the W.W.A. I was a contest judge at all their events I competed myself in probably 50 of their events over the years on a national scale and uh, you know I, I think there's some rub on international um, you know competition for events um, but I will tell you as far as what I can say from my position at USA I you know Shannon Starling reached out to me when I got this job and he said, I'm glad it's you, you know, he said, I'm glad it's you that got this job. And, uh, Corey Wilson, their executive director, she's just an amazing person and a great enthusiast. So we got on the phone I said, Hey, what can we do to collaborate instead of compete? And she's just like, oh, yeah, I like where this is going, you know? So they definitely have a lot on a lot of things wakeboarding in the U S and beyond. And they've done a great job, um, over the years. And, you know, those sports have had a great run so i you know i'm looking at this big picture tony like take yourself put yourself in a in a you know spaceship and look down on this planet like get even closer in an airplane you can see our activities from space like you know on satellite imagery when you're flying in a plane you can see the trail from a boat and you can see oh there's a water skier behind that boat you know and and that's how i'm really looking at our growth here as all these entities exist um, you know it's not our differences and our competitive nature should be healthy and pushed in a healthy direction i know there's times where it's not healthy but you know i got to kind of take a bird's eye view on this thing and how can we collaborate instead of compete
1: indeed indeed it's uh, it it definitely sounds sounds like a challenge you know uh, right for, right from the get go but i've got a, i've got a, I've got a couple uh, a couple more questions. Uh, I, I, hopefully, I haven't taken too much of your time from uh, from what a, from what is uh, a, a pretty uh, uh, a pretty highfalutin uh, 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 position that you have right now with uh, with USA Waterski. Now membership numbers obviously they've they haven't uh they haven't been where they where they were like several years ago you know i mean and uh, and every and every time the uh the meeting uh the winter meeting uh convenes in uh, in central florida uh the uh the board members uh have to have to look at the grim reading that is the uh the reduction in uh in in membership numbers so Uh, I mean, you've you've explained a few ways that that we can actually promote the sport and actually raise its profile. But in terms of actually raising membership numbers, are the are are the efforts like from uh, from NCWSA uh, really making an impact? And if not, what what, where else can we go to uh, to increase those numbers going forward?
2: Sure. And uh, yes, they have done a great job in collegiate and we're going to continue to encourage the current athletes to get their friends involved. Right. And then our job and your job and anyone listening to this podcast right now, like people ask me, what can I do? What can I do? Get on the water, man. Like it, that's the whole reason why you know, we're around and on this podcast today is because of our shared love for this activity. And like, you have to teach your friends and first timers, especially kids, um, how to do this and throw them on a tube, whatever you got to do, like, we all have our first origin story of or the first time we stood upon the water and, gl- you know, gliding across it. And that's something that we'll never forget. Um, show skiing is another area that's that's in growth, uh, very healthy in the Midwest. So, you know, I look at it, I'm like, why is this only really in the Midwest? There's a little bit of activity outside the Midwest, but, you know, what are the blueprints? Where's the playbook if I want to start a show ski team in Atlanta? Atlanta's a huge area of uh commerce in our industry texas that's another one Mm -hmm. Uh, three event is still alive and well in texas and you know uh what can we do to three event and this is something i don't want to speak definitively to but i want to talk to people like you and freddie and regina and whoever real discussions on you know what can we do to make these sports more appealing and more enticing because what i'm seeing is a lot of the names coming through, like we mentioned, the Hazelwood, uh, I mentioned, uh, Jaden Ede, you know, these are all, uh, family, you know, whether it's like the Ross family, you know, these are all skiers coming through a family lineage, but I'm looking outside that. How can we get, you know, I'm looking at hundreds of kids playing soccer right now on these soccer fields. And we need to put up a sign that says, learn to ski. If I can put it in as simple terms as possible, it's just teaching people, you know, there's programs called pass the handle that Yeah, was started at WSI with Zane Schwenk and Sean Murray and super successful thousands and thousands of first timers got on the water because of that program. And I just, you know, this is a call to action for anyone listening, anyone who's ever received a check of any amount from this industry or a contest. I feel like it's our duty to pass that along to other people and you know, plus there's the, personal rewards. It's such a gratifying experience, but like, I will say that I've seen a lot of, you know, very exclusive pockets of activity and and that's okay. I mean, you know, that a lot of people have worked hard to make a lot of money and they want to dig at their private lake and lock the gate. And it's only for the members of the HOA and that yeah. exists and, and, and it's okay. And it, they're going to exist. And I, I don't hate on that, but as an analyst, Yeah. What can we do to kind of open those gates? You know, there's one thing I will say wakeboarding was really good at. It was a group environment and the boat configurations themselves, eight, 10, 12 people on the boat at a time. We were just funneling new participants into wakeboarding. So I don't have like a, give me a couple, you know, a couple more weeks and even a year, two years into this job. And we can really like get tactical on what's working and what's not and how, how we're going to move the needle here or there.
1: All right then, I'll, I'm making a quick note of that date. This day, two years from now, I'll, 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 I'll circle round back to you. But I, but I suspect that we'll be talking a lot uh, between uh, between now and then. Now, since in so far as membership numbers are going, one thing that apparently and and for 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 some reason beyond uh, be, beyond its uh, its its intended effects, obviously sports not only water skiing but a number of a, a, a amateur sports you know i mean you can go to baseball and what have you basketball and what have you they're national associations that govern the sport on on that kind of level uh in order to get funding and and continued support from the usoc they've had to implement safe sport and uh uh, and we'll do, di- we'll, we will we will we will not dig too deep in this one because I'm sure that the, that the answer to the question that I'm about to uh pose to Kevin is going to be definitive and it's based upon government regulations and what have you, that we have to have this in order to get funding and what, what have you. So without putting too many words in, y- in your mouth, Kevin, uh, can you comment a little bit as to the necessity of having safe sport and, uh, and maybe uh, and, and, and maybe talk a little bit as to how much it's it's affected uh, number uh, numbers so far as new members coming in and renewals?
2: Yeah great question important topic. Um, I took safe sport a couple of years back so I could hit the jump at a ski show. And, you know, I sat there rolling my eyes and, you know, they say, oh, it takes two hours, but it's hard. You get distracted. It ends up taking you all day because you're in and out of it. And, you know, it's it's a you know, it's a tough process and it it is a barrier to entry. Okay, promoters like us hate barriers to entry. We try to break those down. So naturally you think, well, why do we need this? You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to have a problem in this area. Why do I need to take it? I've heard people say that. And um, now that I'm on this side of it, Tony, and I've seen the value, um, there are problems out in the field. And, you know, one thing that our entity, your entity, anyone who does business in our space, we need to stay out of the courtroom and we need to avoid lawsuits. So we need to document things um, before they happen. And this is a whole group of people that this is their full time job um, for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And. This is our, our tracking mechanism, our investigation mechanism, and it's our safety blanket because the last thing that water, the water skiing world wants is to, for us to have, you know, any financial problems because of, you know, court battles and things, nonsense we have to get into from, you know, unspeakable things that that could exist. I mean, once you have a cross section of population as big as, you know, we're dealing with and where we're going. Um, you know unfortunately these things exist and you know we're doing everything we can uh, to make sure they don't and that the people that are involved you know aren't, aren't going to have problems and that this hopefully this isn't an issue down the line and uh, you know I do I do hope that the test and the refresher course become more streamlined and easier to take and I've already been talking to SafeSport uh, about that
1: okay okay that's uh, that, that's that sounds pretty good I mean and I mean anything that can bring down the barrier a little bit towards entry in terms of renewals and that kind of stuff is going to yeah. help maintain our membership at its current levels but but obviously the the barrier is still there for those that want to come in as brand as brand new members and actually uh, and, and actually increase the numbers for the sport and actually increase exposure type deal. Mm Mhm. All right. So, all right then. Uh, We're almost almost an hour an hour here. I was I was only expecting to do half an hour, but I mean, we had so many topics, so many things uh, that that we we could talk about. So as we round off uh, this uh, this special extended length version of the T W B C podcast episode one hundred and fifty. To start off uh, the uh, the year twenty twenty four, any parting comments uh, you would like you would like to make, and uh, you know I'll I'll leave the floor to you in this regard.
2: Yeah, thank you, man. Um, I have a comment, and then I have a question for you. Oh, um, first off, I want to say I, I've been on some Zoom meetings, and I really started to understand what you and Vince and your whole crew are doing, and it's very impressive, and your drive and your grit. I know what it's like to you know produce events like this especially live webcasts and you know the amount of things that can go wrong and the conditions and I mean it takes people with a true love uh, for this sport you know there's not you know it's a two billion dollar industry that we're in but you know event to event and all the travel and lodging and hustle that you guys have I'm just genuinely impressed by that and water skiing is very lucky to have you.
1: Um, I feel a doozy then, coming on here.
2: No, no, no. That's a fun one. But, like, I was just wondering you said 150 episodes. You've definitely generated, uh, you know, a lot of information and knowledge that I can benefit from. But what are, what's like the most surprising things you've learned since before you were a podcaster and now, you know, 150 episodes later? Like, what do you think it needs? And what what have you learned? Uh, about the sport what's your perspective on it now and what do you think it needs
1: <laughs> like i said i felt a doozy coming on this, <laughs> and this, this was this was, and this this uh this question uh doesn't uh doesn't disappoint I, I wish i could provide you with a succinct answer uh i mean I mean, one of the uh, one of the best episodes that I did uh, was with Joel Howley, you know, from 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 Australia. You probably heard that one. It was one of the latest mm-hmm. ones, and uh, and, his, and his testing process with, with 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 his ski brand Conley and what have you, and 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 how and how that goes about, and uh, you know how he how he fits time with doing that and whatever else he does you know and uh, that kind of stuff and i mean i could i could probably reel reel off about three or four different episodes that are around about the same topic but uh, but just hearing skiers perspectives on on how they go about their business you know and uh, they're all different you know i mean you've got like jumpers like freddie krueger you've got slalomers like uh, uh joel howley you've got overall skiers uh such as uh, such as Joel Poland who is an absolute uh oh, just a just a beast out there on the water i mean you've se- you've seen him
2: love love it yeah
1: you know so i mean uh long drawn answer and uh, not giving you too much too much away there but i do thank you for that question and uh you know anything else you want to say before we are part ways uh, temporarily
2: yeah one thing um you know if you want to support this thing and you want to see the future bright Um, there, we have a $20 supporting membership and you get printed copies of the water skier magazine and, you know, other benefits, discounts on airlines and apparel and all that stuff. So you're sitting out there, what can I do? Like, you know, usawaterski.org is our website, um, go to membership and just please, you know, that's something you can do. And then just get on the water, um, invite me out on the water, please. If you're a professional listening to this, I want to spend time with you, um, see how we can help grow your career and make some cool content
1: indeed indeed actually oh man I, I, wish, I wish i didn't have to do this but uh, the one but the one question that i missed out on a lot of people come over to florida to compete and a lot of uh, a lot of other states to compete in competitions and they have national memberships uh, from their home country and and a lot of those instances they've had to take a course like sport like safe sports in their own nations and a lot of the same topics are covered uh from my point of view from uh, from an idea standpoint would it be would it be feasible to have like a, a USA uh, AWSA membership that would uh, preclude the need for having do, for having to do that kind of thing if they could provide proof that they have in their home nation and that it aligns accordingly with what safe sport uh, offers to its uh, to its domestic members in the United States
2: Yeah, I mean, great question. I'm still looking into that. Um, You know, I wish I could answer that um,
1: more definitively.
2: But, you know, uh, yeah, I got to learn more about that, Tony. Sorry, man.
1: OK, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but but the uh, but the question is out there and and, and yeah, hopefully you can circle We're so, on it, so, <laughs> circling back. So uh, this has been uh, the latest episode of the TWBC podcast, episode 151. My conversation with uh, with Kevin Michael. And uh, great to have you on board, man.
2: Oh, thanks. It's great to hear your voice. This, this was awesome. Thank you
1: no worries and if you want to support the twbc uh, podcast uh, you can get in touch with me podcast at waterskibroadcasting.com uh, looking for sponsorships uh, for uh, for future episodes and in, even indeed uh, the entire season but uh, until next time this is uh, this is tony lightfoot saying ski you later
0: thank you for listening to the twbc podcast be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com